Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Greenland Foster. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. It's a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us as we embark on another show here on this Thursday. It is uh, Groundhog Day today. Uh, As you know, you may have heard the uh, Puxatawney Phil saw his shadow. So I guess that, what, six more weeks of winter? That's the official word out of Puxatawney, anyway. Uh, (laughs) High of 42 today. Kind of strange. High of 42 with a low of 5. I think usually you'd have like a high of 22 and a low of 5. But, uh, yeah, a high of 42 and a low of 5 and a high of 19 tomorrow. So we're kind of jumping all over the place. The sun is out, so we we do have that. And uh, we're ready to go here on A Penny for Your Thoughts here on this Thursday. We've got an open line here the first hour today. You can join us, 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. The second hour, uh, Bridget Broyhan will join us from the city of Urbana. She used to work with us here at the uh, News Gazette. And she was involved in production of some of the magazines, Central Illinois Living and uh, see you at home. I get what it was. There was all kinds of things she did here for the News Gazette, and uh, she's now been over with the city of Urbana for a while. And we talked to her about five years ago, and she's going to come back and tell her story again about uh, she was in Woodstock, Illinois, when they were filming the movie Groundhog Day. And if you haven't seen the movie, we'll talk about it a little bit in the second hour today with uh, Bridget Broyhan. But she was there in person and ran into all the uh, the stars of the movie and so forth. So that'll be fun. And then near the end of the show, Diane Ducey, who also used to work here. And uh, Diane does so many things to help promote events in our community. And she is uh, working with the folks at uh, All Out Acapella down at Unity High School there. And we'll talk to her about All Out Acapella, the event coming up on Friday night, February 10th at Unity High School. And this is a pretty cool event. I've been to it a couple of times. And it is a lot of fun. So if you're looking for a fun night uh, coming up on February 10th, uh, this might be something to consider. So we'll talk to Diane near the end of the show. 910 at DWS on a, a penny for your thoughts. Illini women's basketball tonight here on the radio at 530. They play at Michigan. Matchup of two uh, really good basketball teams, Illinois and Michigan. So you can look for that. 
uh, High School Confidential in the News Gazette today uh, had the Orange Crush story. They had uh, 200 tickets invalidated by the University of Iowa uh, for the game this Saturday, which is only going to fuel the rivalry here between Illinois and Iowa, of course, as we all know. It's already pretty hot, but and uh, it's kind of it, it's a little hard to explain, but the, basically the Orange Crush over the years, been going on for I don't know how many years now, uh, where they will show up at an opponent's arena dressed as fans of the team, whether it's Michigan or Penn State or Iowa or Minnesota, wherever it is. And then right before tip-off, uh, they will take off the clothes of the opposing team and they've got their orange on and they're the orange crush. And the players always react to it and it's a lot of fun to see you know, in a faraway city, hey, there's the orange crush and it's kind of a boost for the team. And uh, But they've had several different methods over the years, different ways of getting tickets to these games. And I think the folks sometimes in the other uh, athletic departments don't necessarily understand if you've got a group uh, you know, saying, hey, we'd like 50 tickets. And this time they ordered 200, which is uh, way above what they typically order. Uh, and they'll say, you know, we need 50 tickets for, and then there's a group from Champagne that's coming. And, and if someone in the ticket office or someone with group sales isn't quite aware of what's happening, well, they sell the tickets and then the crush shows up and Anyway, as it turned out, uh, they had 200, and Iowa invalidated the tickets and actually uh, donated the tickets to the Boys and Girls Club in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And so anyway, there's a lot in the News Gazette about it, kind of a uh, step-by-step of what happened. It's all over social media if you haven't uh, seen that. So that's been a, a pretty big story today, especially on social media. And if you're not on social media, well, you're not seeing it. But uh, it's there. <laughs> I can tell you that Twitter has a meltdown about something every day and multiple times a day. So if you don't have it, don't worry about it. But if you do, it's all over the place. Nine twelve at DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Let's go to Jr. Good morning, Jr. Good morning. I. Uh... Listen to talk radio at night. What happened to the guy that uh, took Jim Bohannon's place? Well, there's three of them now that took his place. Oh, so um, they, they got rid of, uh, let's see, who was, uh, I think he's, um, he's a foreigner. I can't remember his name now. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of his name either, but, uh, of course, Jim Bohannon passed away. Um, and there was somebody yeah. that was filling in. The person you're, that was filling in for him is who you're referring to, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was real good, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, it's the network there that puts that all together. I mean, they, as it turns out now, we have uh, three people right. that are in there. So, yeah. uh, I was going to ask, um, who was your ba- favorite baseball player of all time? Oh, wow. Uh, probably Nolan Ryan. Really? Yeah. You're a Cardinal fan, though, aren't you? Well, I am by marriage, yes. Oh, by marriage. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, married in, be, yeah. I, I married into a predominantly. You have to be. I married into a predominantly Cardinal family. So I was, oh, a, white, yeah. I was a White Sox, white Sox fan growing up because my dad is still and was a big White Sox fan. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a Cub but, fan, and my favorite was Ernie Banks, of course. And then oh, Billy Williams, number two. Absolutely. 1969, they should have won the world that late, but the Mets. There were 10 games ahead of the Mets. They blew it. 
And Cub fans, wow. some Cub fans haven't gotten over that yet. Well, I have, but it yeah. took a, quite a few radios to <laughs> destroy it. Yeah, got to watch those black cats. You know, they, well, they run out on the field. You know, you got to be careful. Well, what do you got? Six more weeks of winter? That's what, that's what Phil says. Yep. <laughs> good. Yep. Maybe we'll get a good snowstorm. I, I, I just love getting out and walking in it. Oh, do you? Well, <laughs> I'm a winter person. Well, you need to move further I north. To, I, well, I used to work out uh, out in it for 20 years, so I'm used to it. I, well, I, 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 uh, I spent 43 years working. I'm tired, tired of working. I'm just taking care of, you know, yeah. took care of my dad for five years. He had Alzheimer's, so mm. well, it's time to, you know, take care of JR. There you go. Hey, very good, sir. Yeah, you take care. Thank you for the call. 9.15, our first break here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Got some texts and emails that have come in already on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We'll do that up until 10. And then we will um, have Bridget Broyhan join us. We'll talk Groundhog Day. If you you haven't seen the movie, it's fun. And uh, Bill Murray's uh, classic in it, and it's uh, become quite a favorite. And uh, if you're anywhere on a TV today, whether you got you know satellite or regular TV or whatever it is, cable, uh, it'll be on somewhere on Groundhog Day. All right, nine sixteen. Back after this. Nine eighteen on a penny for your thoughts on this uh, Groundhog Day, twenty twenty three. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Text line at two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws dot com. We go to Pat and say good morning. Hi, Pat. Hello, Pat. Are you there? Uh, let me try it again. Hang on here. I'll put her on. Put him or her. I'm not sure which. Pat. Good morning. Okay. I don't know what happened to them. Uh, Nine nineteen at DWS. Let's see. Hi Brian. The Boilermakers get it done in so many ways. Last night Mason Gillis set a Mackey Arena record with nine three pointers. Finished with twenty nine points in their route against the Nittany Lions. Yeah, there were two routes last night. Rutgers blew out Minnesota. Purdue won again and uh, thought the Nittany Lions might give them a little more of a fight, but, man, it wasn't close. They get that kind of outside shooting, you're not going to beat them. Because, I mean, Edie's going to get his. You know, he scored. He's had nights. I don't think he did last night, but he's had nights where he scored 30-some points a game. But if they're hitting their outside shots, you're done. And that's why they're number one in the country. Uh, good morning, Brian. So can I get refunded for the bus trip? Talking about the crush, I guess. Why don't they use the money they got back and use Vivid or StubHub and go anyway? Well, I think the problem is it's a sellout for this game on Saturday, Illinois and Iowa. A lot of Illinois fans make it over there anyway because, you know, we're neighbors. I mean, people come in from western Illinois and Quincy and the Quad Cities and so forth. So a lot of Illinois fans always show up. 
But uh, Wednesday night, Iowa Athletics issued a statement via the Hawkeyes men's basketball Twitter account noting the tickets had been purchased under false pretenses and would be given instead to the Boys and Girls Club of Cedar Rapids. The Crush, who were not mentioned by name in the tweet, will receive a full refund but won't be on hand at a sold-out Carver-Hawkeye this Saturday, according to Iowa officials. The Iowa Athletics Department became aware of a discounted group ticket order for the Iowa-Illinois men's basketball game on behalf of an Illinois chapter of the Boys and Girls Club. doesn't say which one. It just says an Illinois chapter. In following up with that organization, it became clear this was not factual. When contacting the individual who made the original ticket order, they admitted to falsely ordering tickets under the nonprofit organization. The uh, Crush put out a statement as well. They called the news disappointing, but added, we take it as a great compliment that the Orange Crush is strong enough to be feared that an opposing athletic department is willing to sacrifice $5,400 and ruin a sellout in order to turn us away. And I guess the bigger problem they have, the Crush has, is because the tickets were invalidated, they can't get their money back uh, for the buses, or at least part of the money. Uh, because the cancellation happened so close to game day, the group won't be able to cancel the buses they chartered for $6,000, which the statement said accounts for about a fifth of their budget. The loss is so steep, the group won't be able to make another trip, the statement said. so, And they found various ways to get into these arenas. In fact, I think at Michigan, they did it in such a way they got their picture with the coach at the time, Tommy Hammaker, and then when they got to their section, they pulled off their Michigan garb and there was the orange crush underneath. So, And they were at Penn State. One time they went out all the way out to Penn State, which is a long trip on a bus. I mean, it's State College is a beautiful place, but it is in the middle of nowhere, and it takes a long time to get there. And they showed up, and they had tickets right behind the basket. So in the second half, when Penn State was shooting free throws in their own building, they were being harassed by the Orange Crush right behind the basket. So I remember that one. And we've seen them all over the place in the Big Ten. But uh, normally it's not 200 tickets. Normally it's 50 or so. And these ticket orders are usually made well in advance. And um, and usually, it, and this has been my experience because I'd worked a lot in professional baseball before I started doing uh, games here 20 years ago. But uh, usually in, in professional baseball, whether it's minor league or major league, usually the group outings person is someone who's generally younger and not as experienced, and they tend to turn over a lot. And so if you're a young group ticket person and you get this group of 200 tickets from somewhere in Illinois, and, oh, yeah, we'll sell them, and they're not really paying attention to where they're calling from or who they're – and then you go back and start to review it, and it's like, wait a minute. And so that uh, they sometimes can take advantage of that, of the fact that just the inexperience of the folks in the ticket office, in the group ticket office, because my experience has been those tend to be younger. And I'm not, I don't know if it is in this case, but they tend to be younger folks who are just getting started in the sports management field or ticket field or whatever it is. So anyway, they're not going. And uh, it's, uh, it's all over uh, social media for sure. And that just kind of spices up the rivalry. Somebody suggested, I think, on Twitter that the basketball team should wear orange crush shirts when they're warming up. <laughs> just as uh, you take that. All right. Hey, Brian, I caught the national news of some school administrator discussing their ideas of having the children that receive free lunches to do some sort of chores. 
for the free lunches. Can you reread that story? Uh, well, CBS, if it's a national story, they may run it again, so you may listen for it at some point. This person needs to realize it's not the child's fault. If any idea of working for such, it should be the parents. What a way to humiliate an already embarrassing situation for a youngster. Please let us know what school in what state and the administrator's name so child advocates can address this person with some common sense. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have to listen to it again when it comes up again. I don't didn't hear exactly where it was, but I did. I did hear the story in the background. Uh, another text says, "Am I correct that Larry Stewart, longtime host of Penny, oh sir, we remember Larry, uh, greatly disliked the Iowa athletics setup? I don't remember the reason though, and I don't know exactly when you say athletic setup." I don't know if you mean the broadcast setup because it used to be we would sit up. Uh, there's a press area, used to be anyway, in the middle of the where the where the fans are. Probably a third of the way up, and if you're in Iowa City at that arena, it is basically you walk in at street level and then you go straight down. I mean, it's basically like a long incline down in the and then the floor is at the bottom of the arena so if you're in the if you're in row three in Iowa City and you want to use the restroom you got to go all the way back up to the top of the arena and find them up there and so about a third of the way up was where the radio and all the print and everybody is and where they work used to anyway and so that may be what our listeners referring to thinking about what Larry Stewart had said because you were literally sitting among all the Iowa fans and sometimes they'd give you a hard time while you were doing the game or during a timeout, and other times they were friendly, but there was always a couple of fans that were a little overheated <laughs> that probably got too close to Larry, and that may be what he's referring to. But we're on the floor now next to the bench, so it's okay. 927 at DWS. Uh, good morning, Brian. Is there a chance to have Chip Carey on Penny? Or can you ask Steve Kelly and Lauren to have him on Saturday Sports Talk? I'd like to hear Chip's thoughts on the upcoming season. Yeah, Chip, I don't know Chip. He's one of the one of the guys I do not know. I've met several over the years. But uh, Chip, uh, he'd be a great guest, I'm sure. Of course, he did the Cubs for a while. And Harry Carey's grandson, just hired by the Cardinals as their new TV announcer, replacing Dan McLaughlin. Yeah, he'd be great. If we can get him, we'll try. I don't have any way to reach him, though. But maybe they've got a way to, to do it on Saturday, and maybe uh, they can work through some channels and get that done. That'd be cool. 927, a timeout. On a penny for your thoughts, Groundhog Day again. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. on a penny for your thoughts on this Thursday. Tomorrow, 
on the show. In the second hour, we'll have some tax help for you, some free tax help, or give you some information where you can get it. Mandy Alta join us from over at the Geese College of Business at the University of Illinois. and It's a great service. And I know sometimes getting your taxes done, you look at it and you go, hmm, I don't know if I want to pay somebody to do it. I'm going to try to figure it out on my own. But there's that danger, too, that it may be more complicated than you think, and you make a mistake, and then you get letters from the IRS, and it's not fun. So, yeah, this these folks could probably help you out. I know they can. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. And also Patrick Fingston's going to come by, our former DWS news staffer. He covers uh, Springfield quite a bit. And to uh, talk about the uh, start of the legislative session and some other things, of course, a couple of things in court, the cash bail uh, stuff when it comes to that, the guns uh, law that was passed uh, in the courts, where that stands, where we're going on that. So we'll definitely um, look at that. We're at uh, 931 at uh, DWS. Uh, good morning, Brian. What is the status on Sky Clark? Is he coming back to the team or is he done and going to the transfer portal? Well, the short answer to that is we don't know. So we haven't heard from him in quite a while. And uh, I don't know what the coaches are hearing or anything, but uh, there's not been much said about Sky since he left. So I don't know, don't know what's happening on that front. I do know what's happening at the Champaign Public Library coming up uh, today. There's all kinds of things. The uh, French Shop Bookstore is open today at noon. Teen Lounge open at 3. Project uh, Read Tutoring starts here. It just started this morning at 9.30. Toddler Tales at 10.30. Got some tax help going on every day at 9 a.m. at the library. You can check out that. Uh, let's see. There's Toddler Tales. There's uh, Career Help Drop-In Hours at 11 o'clock uh, coming up next Tuesday on the 7th. You can do that. All kinds of uh, webinars. You can jump in on Resume Basics. They teach that. I mean, the library is just more than books, a lot more than books. There's a lot going on there. And the books are great. And all the things you can check out, all the kids' books. And I love the history section. I love to go to the history section. I do it all the time. I usually come across a book I've never heard of, and I take it out of there, whether it's in Champaign or wherever I am. I can get close to a library. I do it. So the Champagne Public Library, go to champagne.org. Bloomberg Money Minute, let's do that. And then we've got a break, and then we'll come back, take some more phone calls, emails, and texts in just a moment on Penny. Nine thirty-six on a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us here this morning on this Thursday. Two one seven three five one five three five seven is the uh, text line. A lot of uh, texts have come in already this morning here. Uh, let's see here. Good morning, Brian. A while back, you had someone on your show that accepted Illinois football and basketball tickets to be donated to people who might not be able to afford them. I'm interested in doing that, but I can't remember the organization it was. If you could provide that information, I would appreciate it. Man, I've got to think about that. I can't remember. And you're sure it was me. I'm trying to think if it was someone else that would have done it. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I just can't remember. But if somebody does remember, help me remember. Because I don't know who it would be. 
So anyway, uh, if you can help me remember, that would be great. If And I'm sorry. and I, I don't doubt you that I may have had that on, but I just don't remember it. Or maybe someone else did. Maybe it was on Sports Talk or something. But uh, I'll poke around and see if I can uh, be reminded, okay? 9.38 at uh, DWS. In my son's grade school, the fourth through the sixth grade students do the lunch dishes. I think it's a great idea. It doesn't matter if the parents pay for their lunches or not. Everyone participates. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. So in your son's grade school, the fourth through the sixth graders do the do the lunch dishes. Okay. Because we were talking about, um, there was a story on CBS that instead of just receiving free lunches, that uh, kids have to work for them. And one person said they just they did not like that idea. They thought it was embarrassing for the uh, children. But somebody says, hey, it's a great idea when it comes to washing the dishes. Gives them a, a steak and everything. Uh, is this Chapin Rose? Hey, what's up, hey how are you? How are you? Happy New Year. Happy um, New Year to you. <laughs> a, a month February. in, yes. It's already, it's already February, right? <laughs> uh, man, you know, I'll tell you, I... I I called on something substantive, but yeah, you know, this whole orange crush thing, good for them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, uh, I, you know, what's uh, Iowa going to do next? Are they going to want, uh, you know, they're going to want back all the stuff my fraternity stole on walkout. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what, 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 what is up with this? Why is it always Iowa? You know what yeah, I mean? Well, always Iowa. Yeah. You know, it's, fact, yeah, yeah. I it's, think, it, 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 and they've had, as you know, they've had creative ways of getting into all these arenas. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess in this sense, Iowa figured it out, I guess. But Right. Uh, well, you know, and, and honestly, like, I mean, I, I kind of joke about the whole fraternity war stuff, but, you know, I very clearly remember Iowa coming to Illinois and stealing a bunch of our crap. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. nobody files a police report because it's college. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do you guys do it? <laughs> What are you guys doing? I mean, it, and, you know, I guess in some sense, I'm glad the Boys and Girls Club up there is getting to go. I mean, that's mm-hmm. cool, kind of a cool resolution to the story. But, mm-hmm. you know, what, I mean, like, these pencil neck goofs are taking all the fun out of life at all levels. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you can't send the words crush up there and everybody get a kick out of it. I, you know, it's college. You know, yeah. people need to lighten up. Speaking of lightening up. Yes. I see the Governor Pritzker, and then, of course, uh, you know, following on the heels of Governor, of uh, President Biden, because Governor Pritzker couldn't even let him make the decision himself, um, has canceled COVID as of May 11th. And uh, what is going on? I mean, three months from now, the science has told us magically it's May 11th. Magically, the science has <laughs> discerned three months out that COVID will end May 11th. Yeah, is- Doesn't this just point out the arbitrary nature of all of this and frankly brian where's all the screaming people at champaign urbana public health district where's the science the science the science that's all we heard for two years right well now we these two guys could pick a completely arbitrary date three months out to end covid where's all the people screaming about the science you know where's the science Mm. and you know what i'm glad it's ending i'm glad all that stuff but frankly, you know, everybody was in this until the vaccinations got got here, right? Everybody was together. People were together because people who were elderly, people who had 
had um, you know pre-existing conditions, all that stuff. We were here to help protect, wear masks, do all those things, stay at home. But once the vaccines got here, that's about you know, that's all you could do. You know what I mean? That's the best we could do. And we got the vaccines out, and people got their shots who wanted them. But then the rest of America went back to school, reopened their doors, their restaurants opened, and everything else. But here in Illinois, under Biden, all we heard about was the science. The science, the science, the science. We can't open our doors. We can't send your kids back to school. We can't do all those things. But then the same guy arbitrarily picks a date three months out. Nope, it's over. Come on. I mean, <laughs> the biggest bunch of phonies that have ever existed. I mean, you know, did he consult the U of I? Remember how, well, we've talked to the experts at the University of Illinois, and they tell us what Indiana's doing is insane. Well, <laughs> you know. Well, did you consult the experts at the U of I? Did the U of I pick May 11th? Did the U of I pick May 11th? Chancellor Jones, did the U of I pick May 11th? Because I'm sick and tired of these phonies getting away with it. And I'm calling in to, that's my opinion. I'm sure people will disagree with me. And that's great, too, because that's their right in the United States of America. That's right. But, <laughs> well, it was, a, and, and that right. even all that, it was, for me, it was just like, okay, May 11th, why not May one? Or right. I mean, what what well, what what's the what's the it, it kind of right. was kind of a random like what's special about May 11th? I, I you know I <laughs> May 11th uh, right? What why why yeah. not June 1st for that matter? Yeah. You know it, I don't know. It, just, it points out that you know look everybody was here you know to protect the elderly population until the vaccines got here. I mean, virtually every person I knew took some level of precaution when they're outside to try to protect people who could truly be harmed by the, by the initial versions of COVID, right? And the first one that came out was pretty serious. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, we did, and we didn't know what we were dealing with. You know. Right, and no mm-hmm. one knew what it was, correct. But by the, by the, time, the, by the time the vaccines came out and then the, the later variants were, were you know, you know, proving not to be near uh, the same level of problem as the initial um, you know, strain, it, everybody else went back to school. You know, except, well, I should say, except for the U of I, go figure. They just went to back to school three weeks ago. They finally canceled their thing three weeks ago. So I guess the science told them three weeks ago it's over. But, you know, my best friend's kids in Wisconsin, four miles inside the Wisconsin line of Illinois, they went to school that whole year. You know, the kids in Indiana went to school. Basketball played, you know, um, theater and choir and band met and played in other states. Restaurants were open. But we here in Illinois, just all we heard about, and you know, everybody from the governor to the CU PhD, you know, told us we're all a bunch of, you know, um, troglodyte Neanderthals for daring to question the science when the rest of America was open. So my question right now is to CU PhD and the U of I president and all the experts, where are they now criticizing Governor Pritzker and President Biden for picking a completely arbitrary date that has absolutely nothing to do with science in any way, shape or form? May 11th, May 1st, June 12th. Yeah. It, 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 there's no science. Yeah. So where are you guys, where are all those people that they were calling the rest of us, you know, horrible names for a year? And, um, you know, yeah. hopefully now we can at least get back to some common sense. Yes. And I've well, got that off my chest. Very good. Productively, Brian, <laughs> in Springfield. We'll be back in Springfield next week. We're preparing yeah. bills, and I'm looking forward to um, bringing a lot of stuff forward. There'll yeah. be some good stuff to support um, local economies, support higher education, support our community colleges, frankly. Um, there'll be some good stuff in there for um, 
supporting job um, job growth around very technical industries um, that our community colleges, frankly, are working on uh, quite a bit, and some support for the U of I and a bunch of other things that we're going to look on. But uh, we'll start announcing those next week. But yeah. I appreciate the time, and yeah. I can't wait to hear people disagree. Well, very good. Hey, thank you, Chapin. That's what your show's about. That's right. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. State Senator Chapin Rose, just as a caller today, just weighing in on things, and that's uh, that's what we want. Thank you. Uh, let's go back to the phones. I think Pat's back with us. Hey, Pat. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, we found you. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk about Groundhog Day. Yes. Yeah, so I heard Phil saw a shadow, and we're going to get six weeks more winter. That's what he says. You know? That's what he says. But I heard I heard yesterday from a weatherman, and he said, Phil's only right 39% of the time. Yeah, I, I saw it was 50 is the number I saw. But yeah, maybe somebody well, I, else has it 39. Okay. <laughs> he told, Yeah, he told me it was 39% that he's only correct. So yeah. I just I, – I never, I never pay attention to Phil. I always just go with the weather. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Now they say Staten Island Chuck is about 80% of the time. He's right. Yeah, I've never never heard yeah, of Staten but, Island Chuck, but but yeah, yeah, I've never heard of him either. You know, yeah. <laughs> I know. And then you got the you got but, the you got the woolly worms, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Judy, Judy, Judy has the woolly worm oh, forecast sure. for yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just something that the, all these critters that are supposed to be predictors and stuff. I don't buy it. Yeah. I just rather stick with the science. <laughs> well there you go well that's uh yeah. i know meteorologists are not fond of those critters so in general yeah yeah so. yeah but me and my wife are going to florida in about two weeks so mm. we'll spend a week there and then just enjoy the weather and probably when i get back maybe it'll be a little bit milder you know? i hope so, so I'm, yeah. I'm ready for it i'm as I get older, Florida just, you know, it's like, man, I'm going to get out of this. I can see why people yeah. become snowbirds and get out of here because. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we have a we have a travel trailer set up down at Lake Shelbyville, and uh, I'm, I'm just a couple of years shy of retiring, and uh, when, when my wife and I retire, we're talking about relocating down to maybe Tennessee or Georgia. And then my travel trailer will stay at, at Lake Shelbyville, and we'll come up and stay at that during the summer. But when it when when it comes to closing down the campground, we're going to take it to Florida and stay in it down in Florida for a couple months. Hmm. That's, yeah, that that so, sounds good. Perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, just just looking forward to retiring, and you know, I've been in business for forty years, and I'm tired of it, but. I mean, uh, we'll get through it okay, you know. I'm I mean, sure. If, you, if you're like me that grew up in the 70s, you remember the the eight foot of snow that was out on Interstate 72, you know, on Country Fair Drive, and the snow was just piled up higher than your vehicles, you know. I remember. So I remember. We, we had those winters back in the 70s. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the snow being very little this year. I like it that way. Yeah, I like it. And I don't mind the cold if I just have sun. Give me the sun and I'll be okay. Yeah, Yeah, 
you know, it's the days are a lot better with sunshine out, you know. You're absolutely right. There's something psychological about it. That's what they tell me. You see in the yeah. sun. So Yep. All yep. right. All right. Thank All right, you. Buddy. Hey. Hey, have a nice day. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Appreciate you, Pat. Glad you were able to get in. All right, 217-356-9397-950 at DWS. Tom is up next. Hey, Tom. Hey, Brian. Uh, how you doing? Good. Yeah, beautiful sunshine. Yes, it is. I'll warm you up a little bit. I was in Barbados in the Navy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Great, great place to be stationed. Whew. And especially here in Vietnam. Uh, I just wanted to say my two favorite uh, baseball players of all time was uh, Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. Yeah, well, you can't I go wrong with those guys. Kind of, kind of grew up with that. I'll never forget though. Dave Lemon called you from Iowa. I think he was doing a women's sporting event up there, and you said, "How is it?" And I loved that response. He said, and that was only a Dave Lemon <laughs> response. He said. It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he was famous for that. Yeah, Dave did not like to go to Iowa City. So He hit the nail on the head, didn't he? Because them <laughs> people hate us over there. And uh, go Illini. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tom. Uh, yes, sir. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, he mentions his favorite players because somebody had asked me about mine. I, I said Nolan Ryan because I, I just thought the – Ryan Express, man, he threw it hard. And he was throwing hard. He was throwing low mid-90s, you know, 20 years ago. Now everybody's, I mean, low mid-90s, you're, you're okay. But, I mean, you, gotta, you got guys throwing mid to upper 90s now. But he was doing it well before anybody else was. He was uh, pretty kind of a marvel of how uh, at his age, even at age into his 40s, he was throwing about that hard. So. 951, Chuck. Uh, good morning. Maybe I could uh, chime in a little bit on the Larry Stewart thing. Yes. Before Iowa moved into that uh, stadium that they're playing in now, they played in a field house that was very similar to Huff Jim. And uh, as Huff Jim, as uh, the uh, announcers and stuff right in the second story to, among all the students, the same thing was over there at the, uh, the Iowa field house, except the kids were right exactly around uh, Larry Stewart. And uh, as he was broadcasting the games, uh, one of their students' uh, things, shenanigans they like to pull, was uh, kicking on the floor, which resonated into an echo, and it was kind of drowned him out. And he, uh, uh, at, really, at times, would really get frustrated when uh, he would talk on Penny for Your Thoughts about the setup over there. Uh, uh, maybe you could help me also. Would Larry Stewart have been alive to uh, go into the, the new football? A new basketball arena, or was Jim Turpin doing the uh, the broadcast? Yeah, that's a good point. Carver Hawkeye, when did that open? Early '80s, maybe. So maybe yeah, Jimmy yeah, Larry think, was I done by then. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Larry ever ever was in that that stadium there. But okay. uh, and, and uh, let me help you out with one more thing, if I could. You know the difference between the restaurant and the cafe was? Yes, tell me. Uh, six letters. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Okay, thanks, Chuck. Bye. I appreciate it. That's pretty good. Uh, 953, uh, Bridget Broyan will join us from the city of Urbana. We'll talk about her encounter with Bill Murray and all the folks that were filming Groundhog Day in Woodstock, Illinois, back how many years ago is that now? Is that 30 years ago? Really? Yeah, 13, 3, 90, oh my goodness. Yeah, 30 years ago. 
Oh, boy. Uh, 9.53, Dave Leak. How are you, sir? How are you, sir? Good. <laughs> Groundhog hey, Day. I call it. All the, yeah, all the talk. I know we've talked about this on the air before, but uh, it's actually over in Europe at the cross-quarter day, which means it's halfway between the first day of winter and the first day of spring. Oh. And uh, in Europe, it was called Candlemas. And there's a poem that I used to talk about in class. I can't remember the whole thing, but part of it was, if Candlemas be bright and clear, we'll have two winters in a year. But, of course, we here in America decided to attribute that to some rodent or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how the groundhog got involved in that, but <laughs> it was called Candlemas. And there's four or three other cross-quarter days. Uh, the next one is May 1st, which I don't know about you, but I know when I was in grade school, we did May Day stuff. I don't think they do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Halloween is a cross-quarter day. That's why it's the day it is. It's the halfway between the first day of fall and the first day of winter. So it's just a it's just a cross quarter day, but we attribute sometimes strange celebrations to these days. Yeah, <laughs> I think the first Groundhog Day was 1887, is what I read, and uh, I think the Germans with the Groundhog, right, or the the day itself. You mentioned the what you did, the candle mass, but uh, the candle mass, yeah. yeah, interesting. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that in. The one we don't celebrate is in August. It's called Lamas, which means loaf mass. And they, the very first grains of the harvest, they'd come in, they'd make bread and have a celebration with that. But that never made it over in this country. <laughs> so All you right. should start that. We should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dave. All right. Always, always, yeah, always a preacher wisdom. Thank you. Okay. Very good. All right. And Rick is up next. Hi, Rick. How do you do? How do hey, you? I heard your advertisement for the Fighting Line. I, uh, I was listening to... Uh, WLS Radio to uh, Dan Bongino up there, and uh, you came on with advertisement for Illini basketball uh, up there uh, on uh, that's channel nine. I think at nine eighty or eight ninety there uh, AM uh, up in Chicago. Yeah, so we'll listen to him while I'm walking on my treadmill. I yeah. usually listen to Buck and Clay, but I was walking on the treadmill and had my radio on uh, Chicago station and. Uh, some of you liberals ought to listen to Bongino if they don't like Buck and Clay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so the uh, yeah. Oh, well, I it's... think tell uh, tell uh, uh, that uh, uh, legislator that you talked to that uh, I think Pritzker got his information from uh, the man up on high that uh, the virus is going to be canceled then. Ah, okay, <laughs> on May 11. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's close to Mother's Day. So yeah. maybe it's a Mother's Day gift. It's two days before commencement. Yeah. That could be okay. it, too. All right. <laughs> Have a good day. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Uh, 9.56 at DWS. Uh, Benjamin. Hello? Good morning. Yes. Good morning. I called uh, originally about Nolan Ryan because uh, there's a documentary on Netflix or Amazon Prime one about the fastball in general and one about Nolan Ryan specifically, I think. And I don't remember which one, but uh, because they didn't have the radar gun, they were attempting to use video footage and time the pitches between release and where they think the radar gun picks up the ball. And they estimated his pitching was well over 100 miles an hour. Really? So. Huh. 
probably highly debatable and a little bit hard to believe with modern player development and everything, but uh, I think what they were trying to determine was, the, it might have been called fastball, who who was the hardest-throwing pitcher of all time, and they mm-hmm. used video footage from as far back as they could go and, and were timing the pitches and frame rates and... You know, I, I apologize that I didn't take the time to give you the exact information. No, that's okay. I hope you can find it. Yeah, no, because there were. You're right, because there were some studies done at that time. Because he was a phenom. I mean, for someone to be throwing that hard in that time frame, it was just so unusual. You know, a little bit it blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's very mood uplifting. I never made the association about uh, Groundhog's Day and and midwinter, but uh, that's. Mm-hmm. That's mood uplifting news. So yeah, thank you. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Benjamin. Right, good day. Very good. Uh, nine nine fifty eight. I got less than a minute, Ted. Go ahead. Hey, I'll make it quick. Uh, I had a good meal at uh, Firefly in Effingham yesterday. If you're ever down that way. Yep, I've been there. Real nice. It's real good. Nice. Uh, uh, Groundhog was digging a hole in my yard under a building here a few months back, and they're smart enough to know to keep the dirt away from where you're digging so you don't run into your own dirt. Then they would separate the dirt from the uh, from the rocks that were in the soil. Real smart. I got a friend who runs an excavator, and when you're running an excavator, you got to do the same thing. He kind of looks like a groundhog. His name's Hunter. Hmm. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, uh, but they're real They're real smart, and uh, the vegetarians, they say they're good eating. I don't know if I'd eat hmm. one, but they say they're good eating, but you don't want to confront one because they said, they're real mean. Yeah. Well, probably more scared of you than we are of them. So I wouldn't want Good. to meet one. I yeah. trapped this one, took him down to Hugo and let him out. Yeah. He went his own way. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ted. See you. Yep. The groundhog in the movie, Groundhog Day, he was driving. With Bill Murray in the uh, in the seat. So yeah. We'll talk about the movie a little bit. And uh, Bridget will join us. She was there in town in Woodstock, Illinois, when they were filming the movie thirty years ago. Talk to her next. WDWS Champagne. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Tony Phil. That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Get up and sit that hog out there. Yeah. Come here, Groundhog. 
Yes, it is Groundhog Day, and he did see a shadow today. In case you missed it, I think CBS had that on earlier. So we got six more weeks of winter, according to Phil. But other people have said, hey, he's only right about 30% of the time, and I saw 50% of the time, and there's just Staten Island Chuck was right 80% of the time. So who knows? We're all just kind of guessing. But uh, anyway, uh, 10-10, it is Groundhog Day uh, 2023. And the uh, movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray and Andy McDowell and others uh, came out. 30 years ago, and Bridget Broyhand is with us here. He used to work with us. How are you, Bridget? I'm fine. Good to I'm see good. you. I know. Good to be here see everybody. Yeah, yeah. You're with the city of Urbana now. I am. I work for Mayor Marlin and the communications, and she's a peach. I love her, too, yeah. but I do miss you guys. Yeah, yeah. We can pull that a little closer to you, even. Don't least. You know, I'm never told to speak up. I'm usually so loud. <laughs> I'm kind of like the Ethel Merman of my era. That ages me right there, yeah. just saying that. <laughs> so you're in communication with, um, with the city of Urbana. Right. So you do that. How long have you been doing that now? Has it been five years? Five years. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. It's not what you think. Government is not what you think. Yeah. Just different. Th- was it different than you thought it would be? When you went Way it. different. And really, to be honest with you, Mayor Marlin was in her first year, and she didn't know what she really wanted me to do. So I kind of went there and just became a reporter like I was here. Like I yeah. did like the magazines. I just promoted everything out to the greater you mm-hmm. know, city, like what we were doing. I kind of took a magazine approach, and I've kind of left it that way. Really? Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah, and we'll have Mayor Marlin on here in a couple of weeks. Oh, she's, she's coming great. On. She is she's good. really as awesome as you yeah. think she and is. She loves radio. She she's told me good. she loves I'm, this format. Yeah, she's she's really good on the fly too. <laughs> she's she's good, and she's she's a genuine person. Yeah, no, she is. Does I enjoy a good job. working for her. And when you were with us, you did you did the magazines. I the, did, and I missed them too. Yeah. Though I miss them so much. Remind people of which ones you did. I and, did at home in Central Illinois, Central Illinois business, and then I did like. Um, we would have once a year publications that would be in the News Gazette. And then I also did I Do mm-hmm. Magazine, which I actually, as a stringer, just did for you guys. So I'm mm-hmm. going to do that part time again. And I'm so excited about that because I do miss that. Yeah. M- magazines are awesome. Yes, they are. Well, we wanted to tell your story a little bit because it is the uh, 30 years since I can't Groundhog Day it. came out. And for people that think it was filmed in Puxatawney, it was not. And it wasn't filmed in February either. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And we'll talk about that. But you were in Woodstock, Woodstock, Illinois, is where they wound up filming the movie. Yeah, I was a manager for Jewel Osco, and um, there was this rumor going around. Bill Murray lived in Twin Lakes. He had a home there, and he would be there part time. And that's very close to Woodstock, even though it was on in the border of Wisconsin. And there was this rumor that he was trying to get his next feature film filmed in Woodstock because it has this beautiful square just like Monticello, although because it's a county seat. It's a small town, like 15,000 people, but it was a county seat, had a beautiful square, a little different. The the, um, courthouse is on the perimeter, so there's this huge park in the middle with a beautiful gazebo, and that's what you see in the movie. But it was in the summertime, so when the people's faces were all red, they were just hot. They had to make all this manufactured snow. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's how they got the pothole. All the snow was melting. Remember the pothole mm-hmm, that everybody that kept found? stepping in? Yeah. That was kind of written in because somebody actually the snow melted, filled it up, and somebody actually did that. And so they went, let's write it in. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. So, 
So for people that don't know where Woodstock is, yeah, Illinois, if you the, if you just go on forty seven by Muhammad, stay on it for about three hours going north, you're going to hit Woodstock. And how big is it? Oh, now it's probably about it's probably doubled in size because now it's a Chicagoland suburb. But at the time, it was just a little small farm town. Mm-hmm. There was it was not uncommon to see like a tractor going down the main drag. Really? Yeah. So mm-hmm. very nice people. Everybody in our store, they would come in and just jabber jaw in the aisles and talk. So it was very friendly. So I think when the production company came in, it was funny. They weren't starstruck by them, but I think it's because the production company, I would say 90% of the extras were from Woodstock. So all those little scenes where you saw people walking around or in the in the cafe or in that party where Bill Murray was playing piano, those, all the people except the stars were from Woodstock. So that was smart on their part. Hmm. So they were always in our store. Bill Murray came in once and hmm. He was standing in line at the front checkout, and he had a broom, and I don't think we were getting to him fast enough, so he started being really silly, and he started cackling and riding it around like a, like a witch. And then he ran out in the parking lot, and we were like, um, is he coming back? Well, he did. And then he stood there and talked to all the stock boys and the little checkers. He was just as funny and as charming as you'd think he would be. Really great guy, you know. Another guy that I really liked was Harold Ramis, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that played Egon in the uh, Ghostbuster movies. Right. Yeah. He was one of the screenwriters, and he was also the director. And he would come in almost every day with his little boy and buy these little um, knockoff Hot Wheel cars. They were like two for a dollar. Well, the cool thing about that was he said to other kids in the aisle, would you like me to buy you a car? Well, guess what? He did that every time he came in. So there would be this little group of little girls and little boys waiting for Harold Ramis to come into the store. <laughs> he bought, he was spending about five or six bucks a day on cars for all these kids. Mm. And, you know, you figure those kids are in their 30s now, and they probably still have those cars. You know, I yeah. just think that's neat. Handed out by uh, Mr. Ramis. Yeah. 217-356-9397 is our number. We're just talking about the Groundhog movie, and Bridget was there uh, in Woodstock. She works for the city of Urbana now. This is Woodstock, Illinois, not Woodstock. You know, we're not talking music yeah, festival. Yeah, totally but, different. Uh, time. Totally different topic. But yeah, and so all of the different scenes you see are buildings in Woodstock for yeah. the most part. Yeah. And even the one Victorian house, um, Andrea McDowell rented it, and she would have all the neighborhood kids over because she had her family there. Mm-hmm. She bought cases of bubbles to give to the kids and had them over and. She was really nice, but at first, she was coming in, filling out the little, um, you know, when you used to get film, you had to fill out the envelope, put your name on it, and then you came and got it the next day. Well, she would put the name Rose Qualley, and she she wore no makeup. She would have a T-shirt on and jeans. She had a Southern accent, and we didn't think she was Andrea McDowell. We thought maybe she was a stunt double, hmm. and then one day, one of our workers, she said, are you the stunt double for Andrew McDowell? She goes, no, I'm Andrea McDowell. I just, that's my name when I'm out in my real life. I mm. go by Rose Qualley. So that was cool. And she she was the L'Oreal model then. And so she went in our cosmetic department, helped people with stuff. She signed things for them. She signed all her displays. She was in every day. And I actually missed her when she left. I thought she was a peach. So they were there for several months then. Three months, Three the months. whole summer. Yeah. You know, and it was one of those dog day summers, too. They they didn't look out, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Because when the movie, you see the snow, they obviously had to manufacture the snow. Yeah, they had these big trucks, and it would just blow it out on everything. And it melted right away, and then they'd stop the scene and... Do it again. Yeah, it was neat. They they had bleachers for us to sit and watch. They were cool. That, that's why really? I think, that's yeah. why I think nobody really... It, there wasn't a problem with the stars being, you know, um, people bothering them too much because they were just part of the community. Yeah. It was really neat. I look yeah. back on that time, and it was a really neat time. I, I was really lucky to be part of that. Now, I wasn't an extra. I had just had a baby, my daughter Brianna, who used to mm-hmm. work at the mm-hmm. News Gazette, too, and um, I wasn't going to be on a film, but I went and enjoyed all the stuff. Did you grow up there? No, no I no, actually you, grew up in Urbana, but I got a job for Julasco right after college, and I happened yeah. to go to Woodstock. I was there for a long time. I love that community. It's a very nice town. Yeah, I did some reading on this. They looked uh, at different towns. They thought about Puxatawney at first, but it wasn't going to work. It was too far, too remote. Uh, the, uh, this town, particularly Woodstock, was close enough to Chicago. You could get people in and out fairly easy. They looked at Mineral Point, Wisconsin. They stopped in Baraboo, Wisconsin, which is up where now um, you know yeah. the big theme park is yeah. there in Baraboo. Uh, then uh, you've got, um, by the time they arrived in Woodstock, over 60 towns had been scouted. And uh, Ramos was familiar a little bit, planes, trains, and automobiles, I guess. He had done some work Oh, that's right. They sure did in Richmond. That was really near there, too. And also, um, Chester Gould is from the area, and he's the one who created Dick Tracy, the, the comics. And they did part, a little tiny part, of that film, which wasn't very good in Woodstock too so maybe the people in Woodstock were already used to films I don't know but (laughs) they didn't really you know they just welcomed them and just hey how are you doing but nobody you know it wasn't like people were converging on these actors so I think they really enjoyed that they enjoyed being part of the town and it was fun Wisconsin Dells is what I was thinking of was the theme park up there in uh, Baraboo and uh, it mentions all the weather and by the time they got done with the film it was really hot and they act they were still wearing their winter clothes in the yeah. middle of summer. So that was fun. Uh, and, and Bridget mentioned all this. The Woodstock Town Square featured prominently a bar in the former courthouse is used for a bar in Rita's Hotel. Woodstock Opera House served as the exteriors of Rita's Hotel. Uh, the Cherry Street Inn was a private residence. The interior was shot on a set. There's all kinds of... Uh, and Woodstock's a really nice town. It has a lot of Victorian homes. and It's just a very nice older town. But it's I would say... It still is kind of a farm community. Hmm. You know? the, mo- the movie premiered February 4th, 1993 at the Fox Theater in Westwood, Los Angeles. It was kind of a low-budget film. I mean, it was considered at that time a low-budget film. Uh, but uh, a second premiere took place the following day in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Which is really close to Woodstock. Really close you just by. get on Route 14, and it's kind of like from here to Muhammad. Really? That close? Yeah. Hmm. And it was followed by an auction of props and signed equipment from the film, and all proceeds were donated to the Woodstock School District. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I, I'll i tell you, um, it was just cool. You're, you're pumping your gas, and oh, my gosh, there's Harold Ramis. I mean, it was just, they were just part of the town, and I know they enjoyed it. <laughs> all right. I've got a couple of clips here I wanted to play for people that have not seen the movie. And I've seen it multiple times. Me of course, too. But, I watch it every year. But basically, uh, Phil Connors is a weatherman from Pittsburgh who winds up going to cover the Puxatawney Phil that we had today, where he saw his shadow. And he doesn't like. He didn't want to be there. He's grumpy. And Andy McDowell is the producer with him. And there's a cameraman uh, who's with him as well, who's a well-known actor too. 
Yeah, Chris yeah. Elliott, right? Chris Elliott, right? I, I never got to see him, but a lot of people did. Yeah. And so anyway, the, the, I don't want to give away the whole film, but basically he goes through all this and then he gets caught in a time loop where he can't get out of Groundhog Day. And so the Groundhog Day is over and he keeps waking up at the same time, 6 o'clock, the same thing's on the radio, uh, I got you, babe, from Sonny and Cher, and then he keeps running into the same people. And eventually he figures out a way that, oh, there's no consequences for what I do. And then he turns around and tries to become a better person through all of it. And it's a really fun film. But the thing is, they didn't give away too much to us, I think, because they wanted us to watch it. And so they told us that it was going to be about 33, almost 34 years of his life that he's going to go through this. So I was anticipating seeing an old-looking Bill Murray, you know. But no, that wasn't that. And I won't give it away either. That isn't how it goes. So it was really a neat surprise to watch it. Well, I've got a clip here. Let me play this. Adam's got this for me. Uh, Basically, Bill Murray, he wakes up the second day after the day that he thinks is supposed to be February 3rd. And he's back on February 2nd. And this is cut to Adam. And so here we go. Morning. Uh, See the groundhog? Yeah. I think it'll be an early spring. Didn't we do this yesterday? I don't know what you mean. No. Don't mess with me, pork chop. What day is this? It's February 2nd. Groundhog Day. You know, I thought it was yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Did you sleep well, Mr. Connors? Did I sleep well? Would you like some coffee? Yes, please. I think I'll have a double. I hope you enjoy the festivities. There's talk of a blizzard. Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. No, that's okay. Thank you. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? I'd say the chance of departure is 80%. Excuse me. Excuse me. Where's everybody going? To Gobbler's Knob. It's Groundhog Day. It's still just once a year, isn't it? <laughs> That's a great clip. Uh, and then he winds up going to where they're, where Puxatani's going to do his thing, and he's doing his report, his stand-up, and he's trying to explain to Annie McDowell, the character, that um, this is really weird. I, I don't know what's going on here. So here you go. This is on just a few seconds. I really feel weird. Let's just do this, Phil. Then we'll talk. All right, on me in three, two, one. Well, it's Groundhog Day. Again. And that must mean that we're up here at Gobbler's Knob, waiting for the forecast from the world's most famous groundhog weatherman, Punxsutawney Phil, who's just about to tell us how much more winter we can expect. Anyway, enjoy the movie. If you haven't seen it, it's, it'll be all over the TV screens today. I mean, it's all over the place. It's, and it's totally it, fun. It, it, it's, it is a fun movie. Uh, somebody said, interestingly enough, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis didn't speak for years after this movie due to differences while filming. This listener oh. says they made up just prior to Ramis's death. Wow. I don't know. I, I'd, heard, I'd read somewhere there was a little bit of dispute over, you know, what Bill thought the movie should be about and what Harold wanted to do. And they had worked together, of course. Yeah, but they were friends. There, apparently there was some differences there. Oh, that's and, too yeah, bad. Yeah. Well, you didn't. That wasn't the perception that we had. But I never saw them together, you know. But um, but you would just see them randomly at gas yeah. station in the store at the. Well, Harold Ramis pretty much brought his son in every other day and yeah. paid for cars for all the kids. 
<laughs> what a peach. He was really like you think he would be. He was kind of a little bit of a understated guy. To be honest, he's kind of like you, Brian. He's really a talent, but he's understated and just real friendly and down to earth. And that's mm. kind of how I think of you. Oh. You know, just a really good guy. And Bill Murray is kind of a, you know, he, he likes attention. Mm-hmm. He always, even, you know, riding around on the broom. But he, he seemed like a sweetheart, too. It's too bad that happens with friends. Yeah. That's it too can. bad. You'll need your headphones for this, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see what Kevin has to say. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Hi, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. I uh, I had the fortune to uh, go to Puxatawney and take in Groundhog's Day one year. Yeah. The real thing. The real and, thing. Uh, yeah, on, on Groundhog's Day. Um, my sister uh, gave me an off trip to, um, to it because... Uh, February 2nd is my birthday. Oh. Happy birthday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm only 71, so. Yeah, so yeah. you so you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was, I stayed in the hotel with Bill Murray. I had the same tag on the trip I stayed in. We sat, um, yeah. you know, nostalgia. And it, you know, the town square, played about the town square. Uh, Puxatawney is kind of like a Tolono or a Monticello. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just lit up. They had all kinds of things to do, the dinner. And uh, they had a birthday party for all the uh, people that were groundhogs. Mm-hmm. Wow. And another thing, I don't know how to explain it other than, you know, Christmas with the cranks, the Frosty, the snowman. Uh, yeah. Put up on the roof, great big six foot snowman. They have like 35, uh, I don't know how many of them, uh, characters of uh, Puxatani Phil. <laughs> People's houses, uh, businesses, all painted up. Oh, that's cool. All it's... kinds of different, uh, you know, styles of being painted up. Like, you know, at the fire station, the firemen, and stuff like that. But. Yeah. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere, miles north of Berg. Yep. Uh, you just got to take two away any way you go yeah. to get to it. Hey, Kevin, thanks, the- thank, thanks for sharing that with me. You're breaking up a little bit. I'm hard, having a hard time hearing you, but thank you. Sorry about that. I'm on a cell phone. Uh, That's okay. Thank you, sir. Happy birthday. Uh, yeah, ha- happy birthday. They're like possums here. They're roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate that. Uh, by the way, I was reading for the role of Phil Connors, which was Bill Murray played, Chevy Chase, Tom Hanks, and Michael Keaton were also considered for that. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Uh, and again, they concluded after 86 days of uh, filming, The Bridget mentioned all the different places they used, and so they the actual place where Puxatawney is that was, wasn't going to be big enough, so they did it in that park in the middle of town. Which yeah, the park is, is big. Yeah. I would say it's about an acre, and it's beautiful. I mean, they always have lights all over it, and it's got the old um, street lamps and a lot of walkways and a huge, huge gazebo. I wouldn't even call it a gazebo. It's huge in the middle, and 
always beautiful around Christmas time. So I am sure that's why they picked it was because of that, the square. Uh, Groundhog Day was one of many films, family films released in 1993, including Free Willy, Last Action Hero, and Jurassic Park came out that year. Spring back, watching (laughs) stuff with my kids. And in total, the film earned an approximate box office gross of $70.9 million. Now, this is 30 years ago. Although it didn't break any records, the film was considered a success of a modest one. It finished as the 10th highest grossing film of 1993 behind Free Willy and Cliffhanger. So, And has received generally positive reviews from critics. And when you're watching the movie, you're going you're gonna to be in there. You're fascinated by the what happened early because you're trying to figure out, like Bill is, what happened and then as you go along, it gets kind of goofy a little for a little while, and then it yeah. winds up being kind of romantic. So it's, uh, it's yeah. He learns cool. some life lessons. He goes through like an anger stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you were there for all of that. Yeah, that's this just. Sounds, I know it was fun. a fun so summer. So when you when you watch the movie now, do you? I see go, some what? of my friends in there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, that store was an amazing experience for me. Anyway, it was just one of those, you know how you work with people and you look back and think, wow, that was a great time. These are great people. I'm in touch with a lot of them still to this day. My son's godmother is from there. I met my husband there. Um, So having that be another part of it was just awesome. And then when I watched the film, I'm like, oh, there's Amy. Oh, there's John. I mean, it's neat. So what would be the total number of people you'd know? I mean, like we're talking 30, 50? uh, Yeah, 50 at least. Like that whole room where they're having the party and, and Bill Murray's playing the piano, except for the stars that you know, the rest of them are Woodstock people. They were smart to do that because, like I said, they made them part of it, so they didn't act up. Hmm. You know, it was smart. The production Very company smart. was smart. Wow. 30 years ago. Hard to believe. I can't believe it. Yeah. yeah, every year I make my kids watch it. Of course, they're all grown up now, and they probably think of me because I'm always... We would always watch it, and then I'd say, there's so-and-so, and and they were probably like, we know. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) But I think they look back on it favorably now, too. Yeah, they like Woodstock, too. It was a big part of your life. It was. Even though it was only just a short time. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Well, Groundhog Day, we're uh, honoring that today. I mean, it's a fun day. It's it's not serious like other holidays or whatever, but it's just kind of fun. So, I mean, okay, so they're saying we're going to have more winter? Yeah, six more weeks. Okay. (laughs) That's what they say. (laughs) But some people say he's only right, you know, half the time. So I mean, do you ever go back, like, maybe in late late spring and go, oh, what did the groundhog say again? Was he right? I never think about it at that point. (laughs) All right, let me get uh, Eric in here, and then i got to end this. Uh, Thanks, Eric. Hey guys. Uh, interestingly enough, I I, um, I dated a girl in college at U of I who was f- there from Woodstock. Uh, went to high school while I was filming. It's actually March to June. It was when it was filmed. So not necessarily summertime, <laughs> but but anyway, um, she was there while they were filming. And and you know the, the restaurant in the movie that they created in the corner that was just like an empty store that then later were later afterwards became like a couple different restaurants. It's been like to this day, and you know the opera house is there and all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, and then having seen it then in Champagne when it came out with, with, with that girl, so that was it was quite Aww. an experience cool. to see it with a local with a local you know who mm. actually was there while it was being filmed, just like uh, your guest here. So mm. that's yeah, awesome. Uh, quite, and what is what is the term for you know now Groundhog Day is synonymous with you know things repeating themselves, but there's a there's a word for that when uh, word it changes its own meaning, it becomes something else. You know, I, I can't oh, think of it. Yeah, but. yeah. 
you, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, uh, I haven't it, had, it's, had it's enough coffee for that. Yeah, time loop or something. But, <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, no, it was, a, it, was, it was a good experience. And if you go back there today, there's still all memorabilia and stuff up in some of the places where, uh, you know, like the opera house and, and uh, the, the, the jails, or not the jail, but uh, down in the bar area and all that. So it's, it's quite an interesting place. Pretty no, good. Woodstock is, it's a nice place. Yeah. It's a nice town. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks, Eric. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Well, Bridget, I know you got to go back to work. But thank you yeah, for coming by. This is Thanks great. for this having awesome. me. This was really nice. Yeah, and you can catch it on a podcast later. Oh, my okay? gosh. You can listen to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She was nervous, but she did great. Uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, you guys, Brian's awesome, isn't he? Well, I can. He's bona fide. He's great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. My uh, producer doesn't think I'm great right now because i got to do a commercial. So let me do that back after this. Ten forty on a penny for your thoughts here on a sunny but cold day. Although it's warming up, it's thirty four now. Forty two the high, but five the low. So we're gonna go up to forty two and back down to five. That's kind of wild. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Text line at two one seven three five one five three five seven. Feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose today. You ever had that feeling? Yes. Diane? Yes. Uh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> the beef house in Covington, Indiana. Is a great spot to go if you'd like to get a great meal. You could do it for lunch today. I mean, the weather's nice. You could drive over there and uh, say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. they got a menu you can order from, or you can do the lunch buffet. You can do whatever you'd like there. Uh, and it's uh, exit four for a great steak. One of our mutual friends used to say all the time, and maybe still does. <laughs> Stevie, his name was Stevie. Yes. But anyway, he would say that. But anyway, no, it's uh, it's a great place to go eat. And we, we'll be headed over there, let's see, when the Purdue game is not till. March. We'll head over there. Yeah, Bob and Bonnie see a lot of Illini yes, fans they when they and cross the border into Indiana. And they're always happy to see them. Events. And they'll talk Purdue stuff, and they should be pretty proud of their Boilermakers because uh-huh. they're pretty good. So Number one. Got a big win last night. So you've been to the Beef House, right? Yes, yeah. for sure. The rolls, I mean, yeah. well, are when, awesome. Well, when the website is beefhouserolls.com, right. that tells you everything you need to know, <laughs> like, right? So anyway, yeah, stop by there, the Beef House, one of our uh, wonderful sponsors here. On a penny for your thoughts. Diane Ducey's here to talk about all-out acapella, but not just yet. Uh, we'll do that here in a second. You got it. Uh, a couple of texts here. Good morning. Newfound fondness for Chapin Rose. Chapin called in earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I tried to buy tickets to the Iowa game about a month ago. To buy tickets to the Illinois game, you had to buy a three-game package with Northwestern and another game. Talking about the Orange Crush and all that's mm-hmm. happening there. Uh, let's see. In the words of the famous Democrat Rahm Emanuel, you never let a serious crisis go to waste. Why would JB want to let the COVID emergency end? Illinois needs more COVID money to bail us out of the debt we have, one of the worst states financially and yet most tax. All you college kids out there, they say, keep voting Democrat. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, many years ago, I drove the crust to Northwestern for a basketball game. Our first stop was the campus bookstore in Evanston to buy Northwestern swag. Then off to the arena. During the first marketing timeout promotion, they had tricycle races. The crowd roared when the purple-clad kid won the race. Then he tore off his purple to reveal his crush gear. 
Then the Northwestern fans switched to loud booze. It was great fun. <laughs> that so would be that's great. That's what they did. That's what they've been doing for several years. All right, those are uh, some of the texts, and if I missed any, I'll go back and uh, get them tomorrow. Uh, Patrick Finkston will be with us in the first hour tomorrow. We'll talk about free tax help from the folks over at the Geese College of Business coming up in the second hour and work some open line in and around that uh, tomorrow. 10.43, back with Diane here in a moment, all out a cappella. This is pretty cool. Yeah, back February 10th. February 10th. Mm-hmm. Back in a moment. Yeah, I sure can try to put love to it, but we do 10.46 on a penny for your thoughts. And uh, our longtime friend and fellow Unity grad, Diane Ducey, is here. Mm-hmm. Go Rockets and all that. Yeah, Unity Music. Unity Music. Since I've worn this on stage before, I think it's maybe a dozen years or so, I've yeah. been uh, emceeing this event. Yeah. I don't know, maybe more. Is I don't know. Is that how long it's been? How many years have they been doing I think that? so. Yeah. It's just a huge fundraiser for Unit 7 music programs. You know, the, the costumes and the copywriting and having the kids offer scholarships so they can experience summer camp and, and really get involved in music in their lives. And I'm especially passionate about Unity Music Boosters as a founding member with Carrie Woolard and a lot of other, uh, you know, Rockets who had kids growing up in this and and just passionate about it because, you know, we want to give back. And I don't know if you were ever on stage as much as I was in Unity's auditorium. So all the musicals and actually started out with Stevie and the King and I. Mm -hmm. I was one of his kids because I'm the youngest of six Ducey kids. And my brother Michael and Stevie were both uh, together on stage for Fiddler on the Roof and Mm -hmm. uh, the King and I. So uh, I really want to give back to Unit 7 Music. Long story short there. The closest I got to the stage there was being in study hall in that room yes it's true and i feel like the desks and and things like that that you could pull out from under the seat everything seems so small in these (laughs) auditoriums now i I think it's my back end that's getting bigger though (laughs) is the problem with the smaller seats they did renovate that recently a few years ago the auditorium well i hardly ever sit down in there i'm usually on stage working the mic but yeah yeah, all out acapella is coming up friday night at seven o'clock on february February 10th, a week from tomorrow, and it's only one show this year, so okay. we want people to get those seats early at unitymusicboosters.org. And that's Friday night, February the 10th. It's mm-hmm. the night before an Illini game. Illini play the next day. Okay, good. So you're in good shape there, <laughs> and uh, so no conflicts, and uh, it's all a cappella. If you've never, this is a really fun event. It is. Because the talent is really outstanding and things have kind of uh you know we had that now i can't think of the movie with the girls singing and in the college campus um you know with fat amy involved and you did you ever see that i don't know okay you're gonna have to help <laughs> me I, don't, I need more details and then of course um there's the pentatonics that have yes. just shot off yeah, yeah. and well, they sang at the uh was it the college the football championship game or game, something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and boy, that was a stunning rendition yeah. of the national anthem. In fact, organizers of All Out Acapella on uh, February 10th have talked about getting the groups out to do a big old national mm-hmm. anthem on mm-hmm. our stage at Unity. So mm-hmm. that would be great. And you well, talked about the Illini and the mm-hmm. extension cords, the Illinois rip cords, and no strings attached are all University of Illinois. Mm-hmm. groups that uh, will be featuring on stage toast of champagne surreal sound extension cords no strings attached no comment i've got let me get a couple of samples okay. in here here Sounds we go good. let's do uh you, you can hear what these groups will sound like let's go to 
Extension cords. Let's do that one, Adam. Number four, I think, is what that one is. Sounds good. Go ahead. And I'll use you as a warning sign That if you talk enough sense, then you'll lose your mind And I'll use you as a focal point So I don't lose sight of what I want And I'll move further than I thought I could but I miss you more than I thought I would And I'll use you as a warning sign That if you talk enough sense then you'll lose your mind I found love where it wasn't supposed to be Some sense to me, and I found love where it wasn't supposed to be, right in front of me, and talk some sense to me. Those are the extension cords. That's, that sound good, didn't it? Yeah, yeah really love good. Love it. Right. I get goosebumps. With, and it's you know you hear the like it almost sounds like a drum set, but that's yeah. the beatboxer, right. and he's making these swishing sounds and and yeah. giving all, the, beat, all voices. the bass and the t- treble. It's just fantastic. Here's another group you'll hear down there. No comment. There you go. No comment. Another group. When it comes to love, I did, I did You were strong and I was not My illusion, my mistake I was careless, I forgot, I did And now, when all is done, there is nothing to say You have gone into effortless delay You have won, you can go ahead, say a little sample of what you're nice. going to hear. Nice. I love it. That sound is great. So each group gets, you know, 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. or so and they're yeah. set and we're starting out with Unity's Surreal Sound and we have about a dozen uh, different uh, people in that group and it's a mixed group. Some of them are all guys, some all girls, some a mixed group and of course the Toast of Champagne, some of them been singing for three decades mm-hmm. and uh, Sweet Adelines is kind of their training in that chorus and great to have some of our supporters in Rocket Nation yeah. stepping up to sing in that. Friday, February 10th, 7 o'clock. What it goes? 
A couple hours? Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe a little more. Right, and yeah. we have the raffle baskets, too, that people are bidding on. And mm-hmm. so many great experiences and local restaurants mm-hmm. and tickets to things and a Illini game. So we can say hi to you, Brian. Um, I'm telling you, it's going to be fabulous as you support Unity Music and unitymusicboosters.org to get more details on okay. all of can that. Can you get tickets at the door or is it better to get them ahead of time? It's better uh, to and get them ahead of time. Can you get them through? The, you got to go through the website? Or yep. You... And then you can reserve your seat also and decide where in the auditorium you'll be sitting and things like that these days so pretty cool cool. and i want to thank the committee for stepping up and helping out so much and ralph rother has done a great job on our program and uh the banner with the ruggieri family helping out dish passionate cuisine we'll be feeding everybody in the cafeteria there at unity high school so thanks again to all the sponsors who are offering prizes for those raffle baskets as we support unit seven music february 10th diane knows it's a fun night you really enjoy it so a uh, nice date night, February yes, 10th. Yes, exactly. And so uh, do that. Uh, so many great groups to support that have done acapella. Uh, Pitch Perfect is the name of the uh, movie that I was trying to come up with. Somebody sent it into you? <laughs> exactly. I couldn't. I couldn't help you. So All Out Acapella uh, yeah. is kind of, you know, singing without instruments, and, yeah. and that's wonderful. All right, you know Doug Wilson, right? I do. Doug, how are you, sir? Oh, my gosh. Wow. You said my name. Yeah. I wanted... I wanted Diane to guess who was talking. Of course, I oh, could I'm have sorry. got you, dog. <laughs> it's all good. So, oh, my God. And, and when it comes so you're, to you're people performing on stage, I mean, I think of Doug Wilson and Guys and Dolls. Oh, but you didn't mention that. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little hurt. Diane. My favorite I mean, Sky Masterson, for sure. <laughs> well, anyway, I just wanted to say that... Um, I admire like everything that you're doing uh, to help promote this. I mean, we came from the um, the later days of Polly Anderson at mm-hmm. Unity High School, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know the program had struggled for so many years, and it is really amazing to see the resurgence of what has happened and the support of the music boosters and with people like you that are helping to to, to promote it. Um, so I just want to thank you um, and uh, reminisce on our old days. That's uh, right. <laughs> it was just so wonderful. And thanks for those comments, Doug. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Go Rockets. Yes. Well, well and go ABL, I guess. Well, <laughs> what? well. Because, you know, hey, where we got his diploma is what matters. <laughs> That's you know, right. That's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You guys don't want to mention ABL. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, yeah. You know, I had um, my my feet in both pots, you know, yeah. throughout my whole life because, mm-hmm. you know, I lived on the edge of, you know, the ABL a half mile away. So I was always so affiliated with Sydney and then performing with Celebrate Life with Diane and her brother and and all those people with and with Polly. So, you know, I always had loyalties to both sides. That's right. Thanks for all you do, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Okay, bye. Good to hear from you, my friend. Thank you. There you go. All out a cappella, getting support from people in music and who know the importance of these kids coming up to be invested in something that can really enhance their life. Diane, good to see you. You too, Brian. Thank you. And, uh, good. and you do such a great job announcing those Thank Illini you. games. I Thank love you. it. Thank you. Well, good job with that. It's fun when you win. Uh-huh, that, that helps. Uh-huh. I sound better when we win, I think. <laughs> Go Illini. All right, 1057. We'll wrap it up here in a moment. 
Friday, February 10th, 7 p.m., all out acapella 2023, uh, supporting the Unity Music Boosters. Thanks to Diane for coming in. Thanks to Bridget for remembering 30 years ago and Groundhog Day, the movie. Check it out. It's a fun movie. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. If you have an accident, they are the place to go. South side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect Exits. You can go to their website and learn more. GalloMiller.com. GalloMiller.com. Thanks for being with us. Back tomorrow on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Thanks to Adam for all his help today. WDWS Champaign-Urbana, 11 o'clock.